You're listening to Al Pastor, the show that helps you love God, love your neighbor, and eat more tacos. I'm your host, Pastor Brian. Welcome to the show. Well, hello, hello. We have come to the creme de la creme of our reading today, which is the culmination of uh, these podcasts and the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Testimony. We've come to the mercy seat. And boy, do we need God's mercy and God's grace today. So we talked a little bit about how the ark was made. We've talked a little bit about how God is above the ark and throne between the cherubim. The law is under his feet that was written in stone. But there is actually a problem with this arrangement. God's people were not able to keep the terms of the covenant. I mean, obviously not perfectly. And the more that we get to know the Israelites, the more we see how completely and utterly they fall short, just like you and I do. They were lawbreakers. They were the kind of people that liked to serve other gods. They liked to worship idols made with their own hands. They forgot the Sabbath. Uh, they didn't even Sabbath, bro. They took things that didn't belong to them. And just in general, they would neglect God's word. And so what was in the ark actually could not save them. It it only condemned them. So the law that was deposited into the ark condemned their sin and God was right on top of it. And so this is why the lid to the ark, the mercy seat is so, so, so important. Now, some modern translations want to call it an atonement cover. Other versions call it a mercy seat. And uh, this is a term that was actually used by Martin Luther first, and then it was picked up by William Tyndale when he translated the Bible into English. He used the word seat. Um, the word seat doesn't refer to like an actual chair or throne, although God is enthroned above it. It, it means a location in the sense of like the seat of power. And so the mercy seat was the place where mercy and grace was found mercy for the forgiveness of sins. And so the mercy seat was used once a year. And of course, this would be on the day of atonement. And this is actually reflected in its name. Now in the Hebrew, it is kapore, which is derived from the word that means to make atonement. So the ark's cover was used for making atonement for sin. And first, the high priest would offer a sacrifice for his own sins. This would be once once a year on this special day, the Day of Atonement. And then after he made atonement for his sins, the priest would go and offer a sacrifice on behalf of the nation. So when the high priest sprinkled the blood on top of the mercy seat, this would show that sin was in fact forgiven, that atonement had been made. To say it another way, the people were covered. They were covered by the blood. Now, the blood protected them from what? From the wrath and from the judgment of God. Um, there is a one commentator, he writes this. He says, The position of the atonement cover above the tables of the law makes clear what is being covered is the penalty that is demanded for infringements of the sovereign commands of the covenant king. And so, of course, we see that the location of the blood was highly, highly significant. So above it was God, 
right? In all of his holiness, underneath was the law. This is the law that condemns and exposes Israel's sin. And in between the presence of God and their indictment came the blood of the atoning sacrifice that would cover sins and turn away the wrath of God. This is the way that people are reconciled back to God. And so the blood on the ark provides safety from God's judgment. You know, this is what what in reality it means to be saved. What are we saved from? We are saved from the judgment of God. When God came down in the Old Testament to dwell with his people, he would not see the law that they had broken first and foremost. But what would he see? He would see the saving blood of atoning sacrifice. And so atonement really means at one meant. I'm going to say that again. Atonement really means at one meant. This is the meaning of the word. Parties um, that were separated have now become one again. So what was it that would accomplish this or reconcile these two parties being separated? It would be the blood on the mercy seat. And you know, sometimes people get turned off by all this talk about blood. Why take the time to study the Old Testament? I mean, it's so bloody and so gory and so ritualistic. I mean, people say, what's What is the point in taking this beautiful golden piece of furniture and then sprinkling blood all over it? Well, the answer is that without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. There is no mercy unless there is blood on the mercy seat. And so God is above, enthroned between the cherubim, in majesty and splendor and glory and honor. And we are down below breaking his law. And if you and I are are to be saved, something needs to come between his perfect holiness, his otherness, and our unholy sin. And that would be the blood of a sacrifice that is acceptable to God. And isn't this exactly what Jesus did on the cross? He offered himself as a sacrifice acceptable to God. It was a sacrifice in blood, his very own blood that was poured out for sinners. The Bible says in Hebrews 9, 11, and 12, that when Jesus came, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not man-made, and that is to say part, uh, not part of his creation. Uh, he didn't enter by the means of blood of goats and bulls and calves. He entered into the most holy place, once and for all, by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. So, folks, our mercy seat, the place where atonement was made, and how you and I can be at one with God, is through the cross of Jesus Christ, where he shed his blood for our sins. You know, the New Testament often describes this marvelous, wonderful, saving work of Jesus in terms of the mercy seat. In Hebrews 2.17, it says that Jesus came to make atonement for the sins of the people. In Romans 3.25, it says God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. 
In 1 John 4.10, it says, This is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. The word that the Bible uses in all of these verses refers specifically back to a sacrifice that was poured and splattered on top of the mercy seat that we are reading about today. And so the cross of Jesus Christ is our mercy seat. It is the place where the blood of an atoning sacrifice reconciles us to God. And it comes between his holiness, his perfection, and our sin. The cross is the place where we can find mercy. I hope you found mercy today. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Al Pastor with Brian Overturf. If you found value in this, please subscribe and get updates. Most places podcasts are available. We're right here on Anchor FM through Spotify. Also on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, and iHeartRadio. I hope you'll tune in for the next episode. Until then, we'll see you later.